This is episode 484 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Seven Ways to Boost Resilience and Overcome Personal Tragedy. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 484. Let's go ahead and jump right into our article. It comes to us from SurvivalPedia.com. Again, the title is Seven Ways to Boost Resilience and Overcome Personal Tragedy. So let's get started. We in the prepping community tend to think in terms of the big disasters, Tiatwaki events. And guys, I'm going to stop right here at, on the first sentence. One of the comments was in this article was, what does Tiatwaki mean? And so a lot of the times we forget that there's new people coming to preparedness. They're reading articles. They're coming to podcasts. And so we use these acronyms. A lot of the times people don't know what they are. So Tiatwaki means the end of the world as we know it. And so sometimes there's little variations of that. Um, others, you know, acronyms like SHTF, you know, the poop hit the fan, those types of things. So anyway, just wanted to say that right off the bat because that was one of the questions in the comment section. We tend to forget that people don't always know the acronyms. So let's uh, go ahead and keep going here. So that's what most of us write about. And that's what most of us base our preparedness planning around. There's nothing wrong with that, but the reality is that we're much more likely to be faced with a natural disaster that strikes the region we live in or a personal catastrophe. Now, what do I mean by a personal catastrophe? It's actually a rather wide area, including the loss of a job, bankruptcy, divorce, loss of a loved one, serious sickness, or incapacitating injury. Chances are very high that we all face more than one of these sometime in our life. If our goal is to be prepared to survive any disaster, then we have to include those in the mix, especially when we consider the likeliness of them happening. Each of those are different, but as with any disaster, there are things in common. While you may not have to worry about the city water service going out, there's a chance that you might lose power due to difficulties in paying the bills. Regardless, you will have struggles to deal with and not just emotional ones. Whatever you do, don't minimize those personal catastrophes. Just because they only affect you and your family, that doesn't make them any less of a disaster than something that wipes out your city. The only real difference in impact between one of these and a hurricane is the number of lives affected, not the severity of the impact on those whose lives are destroyed by it. So using your preps to your advantage. While your existing preps may not have been created with the idea of surviving a personal disaster, they may still help you get through one. Many of the disasters I mentioned above carry with them severe financial problems. So while you're busy trying to survive through the emotional and physical parts of those disasters, you're also having to face financial difficulty, making things that much worse. So each of those disasters has expenses associated with it, and many also have a reduction in income to contend with. For most people, this means either going into debt, asking for help from friends and family, or rushing to find ways of cutting their expenses. 
But there are other ways to make it financially, especially as a prepper. Here is where your prepping can help you. Many of the things you do in preparation for a disaster can help reduce your monthly cost of living, making it a little easier to make it through the disaster. Granted, using your prepping stockpile to make it through a personal disaster is going to mean that you aren't going to have it available for another disaster. But that's what it's for. You can always rebuild your stockpile once things clear up and are okay again. Yes, that will take time and yes, it will be difficult. It was the first time around, but you didn't create that stockpile just to sit there. You created it to use when and if you needed to. So one of the biggest monthly expenses for many families is home energy, specifically heating their home. Home heating bills can be rough to handle in the best of times, and when income is tight, they can be outright impossible to meet. But there's a lot you've probably already done as part of your preps, which can help you there. You should already have an alternative means of heating your home as part of your disaster preparedness. For most of us, this is wood, although there are those who use other means. As part of this, you should have several months worth of your chosen fuel stored up, ready to use. This could be an ideal time to use that, saving yourself from the problem of heating your home. Of course, any emergency home heating method is probably going to only heat parts of your home, most likely the main living areas and not the bedrooms. So I hope you have lots of blankets and a bed warmer available. Once the bed is warmed up, the blankets should keep you warm all night. This is how our ancestors did things years ago. Unless the family was wealthy, only the living area was heated. But the home would be designed in such a way that all the other rooms opened onto this area or were over it in a loft so that at least some heat would get into the other rooms. Even so, it was not uncommon to have ice on the inside of the walls, even while the bed might be toasty warm. All right, so guys, that is definitely, I think, is going to be dependent on your area of, of wherever you live, right? So up north, one of the big heating, or one of the big costs is going to be heating. For those of us down here on the south, heating is not that big of a deal. Um, our biggest expenses, and it tends to go longer than, let's say, the winter months, I would think, um, is, is going to be cooling. And it's not as easy. You can't use wood to cool off your home or things like that. I mean, there's things you can do and, you know, things like that. But, you know, that's going to be one of the major concerns, too, is cooling off your home. And so are there ways that you can survive in the heat? So I guess that's depending on where you're at in the country or in the world and which season is the most prevalent for you. All right, so let me go ahead and continue on here. The next section is food. The second big area that your prepping can save, your, save you money during a personal disaster is in providing your family with food. While figures vary, the average family spends somewhere between 600 and 900 per month on food, making it a major budget item for most people. Not only can that much of a savings make a huge difference in your family's monthly budget, but if money is really that tight, it guarantees that your family can eat. Granted, most of us don't stockpile the same sorts of food that we eat regularly, so you might have to do a bit of experimenting with recipes. I recommend this anyway, as you don't want to be in any survival situation with a stockpile of food and no way to get your family to eat it. The real trick here is spices and sauces. 
You can make just about anything taste good if you season it the right way or put the right sort of sauce on it. Spaghetti sauce is a great example of this because its flavor covers up just about anything. You can put spaghetti sauce on french fried roadkill and your family will think it tastes like chicken parmesan. Okay, uh, all right on that one. So go, going back to the top here when he talked about a lot of people don't, you might not stock what you, nor, what you normally eat. And that's one of the big things that we talk about in preparedness is you should be stockpiling what you eat. So eat what you store, store what you eat is one of the big sayings that you'll hear over and over again. Now, where that doesn't come into play is, let's say, if you have a lot of money and you're willing to put down a big chunk of money on some long-term food storage, then that might be the case for you. Um, but you know, for the most part, that's why I always recommend. I even have that food storage video lesson. Uh, you can get the if you've never uh, looked at it before, and with some downloads uh, that I have available for you on that, you can click the link in the show notes, and you can just go do that. It's like a 45-minute video lesson on how to start your food storage in. I believe that you should start with a way that just it's um, inexpensive and you're not spending a whole lot of money and you're buying things that your family are, is going to eat. And that's really where, you know, you should be for, focusing your food. And uh, so when you get to a situation where you need to dip into that or you're just rotating it out, your family is very familiar with that food. And so uh, definitely one of those things that you should really, really consider so let's go ahead and continue on. Other prepping supplies. So just like food, there are probably a lot of other prepping supplies that you have stockpiled, which will help you through this sort of time period. While toilet paper and other personal hygiene items may not seem like a major expense in your monthly budget, they do add up. More than that, it helps keep your family's life a bit more normal. It's not uncommon for people to try and cut corners everywhere they can when they are going through financially tough times. But worrying about how much shampoo and toothpaste everyone is using will just add to everyone's emotional stress, making it harder for them to cope with the most important things that are going on. Now, water is not usually a major expense for most families unless you live in an area where you buy a lot of bottled water, rather than using tap water for drinking water. Bottled water can add up, especially if you're buying individual bottles in convenience stores. But if you're a prepper, you probably already have some sort of water purification system in place. So there's no reason why you need to buy bottled water at all. Rather, you can bottle your own purified water, putting it into sports bottles so that your family has clean water to drink. Taking this idea a step further, you can actually save quite a bit of money by eliminating the cost of dealing with daily coffee and snacks. Today's coffee prices are ridiculous especially if you're used to going to a coffee shop for your coffee and not to the local convenience store. The same can be said for snacks. If your children are buying snacks every day in individual serving size packages, you're spending a lot of money in the average month. Making your own home-baked snacks out of the things you've got stored in your food stockpile will provide them with tastier, more nutritious, and more interesting snacks. Their friends will probably be jealous of them. So guys, that's a, just another way of saving money and the coffee, even not even going to a convenience store, but just making coffee at home uh, is just one of the ways that you just save a ton of money. You can't even begin to imagine how much uh, money you start 
spending when you go to like a coffee shop on a regular basis. So I've never I've never really understood that. All right. So what about electric power? Finally, there's the area of electrical power. We've already dealt with the biggest area of electrical power consumption by talking about home heating. If you switch over to heating your home with wood, you're going to save a fortune on your electric bill. But there are other areas you can save on electricity, especially if you have some means of producing your own electrical power. Many of us have at least some solar panels, but most of the time those solar panels just sit in storage awaiting the time when we need them. Well, if you're passing through a personal tragedy, it might just be that time. You probably don't have enough solar panels and a large enough battery backup system to run your whole household, but you should have enough to run some things. Whatever you have, use it. Every bit of electricity you produce yourself is one less bit of electricity that you have to pay the electric company for. Then don't forget to restock. If you end up using your stockpile or even part of your stockpile to survive a personal tragedy, then you can say that you have succeeded as a prepper. You prepared for a disaster without knowing what sort of a disaster might befall you and your preparation helped you to survive. But this doesn't mean that you're in the free and clear for the rest of your life. You could have another disaster barreling down on you at any time. You just don't know. So you want to make sure that you start refilling your stockpile as soon as you're back on your feet. Obviously, there are other things which take priority over that to help you get back on your feet. But as soon as you reasonably can, you want to make that part of your recovery. Now, you rarely hear about financial preparedness in the prepping community, but it is just as important as anything else we do to get ready for disasters. Part of the reason why you don't hear much about it is that many people have the idea that in the aftermath of Tiatwaki event, money won't mean anything and we won't have to pay our bills because of it. But the truth is that we don't know what to expect in such a time. Even worse, we're all much more likely to be hit by either a personal tragedy or a regional disaster than we are to face a Tiatwaki event. With that being the case, chances are that finances are going to play an important part in our recovery from the disaster. Any financial planner will tell you that you should have enough money in savings to cover three months of household bills, but few of us have that today. Rather, most of us have very little money in savings and instead live from paycheck to paycheck. Worse than that, many people live on 110% of what they earn, charging the rest off on credit cards and loans. The reality is that the great American pastime of keeping up with the Joneses is expensive. Most of us live beyond our means in an attempt to do that. What we should do is find ways of downsizing, reducing our costs so that we are living on less than what we make. The other important thing here is getting out of debt. Most of us have some sort of home mortgage unless we are renting, two car payments, credit card debt, and perhaps debt on our children's braces or some other necessary expense. That's just too much. Debt can't be taken care of overnight, but you can gradually work your way towards getting out of debt. There are many experts in the field who have written about excellent strategies to help you get out of debt and live debt-free. Getting rid of debt can be the single greatest thing you can do to help your family survive a personal tragedy. Even better than that, it can actually help you avoid some of those personal tragedies. People who file for bankruptcy usually do so because of debt. So if you eliminate that debt or even greatly reduce it, you eliminate or reduce the risk of bankruptcy at the same time. So here's a final thought. 
We must realize that personal catastrophes are emotional events more than anything else. Therefore, they might be dealt with that way. Your biggest struggles aren't going to be dealing with the financial problems that the catastrophe causes you. It's going to be dealing with the emotional upheaval that the event causes for your whole family. You need a plan for dealing with the emotional struggles associated with any disaster anyway, not just a personal catastrophe. Whether that is through your faith in God or something else, it is necessary. Many people who drink and use drugs do so because they have no other foundation to help them with the emotional problems of life. You can't afford to be counted among those people. All right, so I don't know if I completely agree 100% with the last, you know, the concluding thought here as far as uh, the emotional event is something even bigger that you're dealing with than, say, you know, any other thing that, that you would be dealing with in a personal tragedy. Um, but I do, I do believe that it is very important to know and be able to cope with it because it can, you know, emotions and stress can just exasperate a situation and really cause more problems. And so you see people getting, you know, getting onto each other and yelling and screaming and the stress levels are just high. And so the more you can mitigate in that situation. But this article does a good job of bringing out the fact that most of us prepare for big, you know, the big things, but a lot of the times it's the smaller things that really get us. So, you know, you might be thinking about, you know, EMP, and a lot of people focus on EMPs and things like that, but it could be something a lot smaller, like the loss of your job. And that, you know, when people are living paycheck to paycheck or there's not a lot of extra money in the bank and, and things like that, losing your job can really bring a lot of hardship to your family. But if you are prepared to cover the basic things like food and shelter and heat and and water and, you know, all those types of things, then the little money that you're able to make on the side or the little money that you do have can go to maybe keep the lights on, to pay the mortgage or the rent, those types of things, right? So, you know, you have those those options available to you when you are prepared. And throughout the years, linking to articles on Prepper website, I know that that has been the case many, many times. And I, with articles that I have read from people who were sharing their experiences, even Daisy from The Organic Prepper has shared how her food stockpile helped her get through times where she, when, you know, when she didn't have a job or she was in between jobs or, or whatever, things like that. So that's that's another big reason for being prepared. It's not only for the big, you know, crazy things, but it's for those hiccups that we encounter in life. And so at the very end, he talked here about financial preparedness. And we do talk a lot about financial preparedness here on the podcast. And I know that I've written about it before and I link to a lot of articles. That's one thing that's very important. And so I would second what he is saying here on the, in this article is that you do need to get financially prepared. If you are one of those people that just you've got mountains and mountains of debt, you need to really take a hard look at that and start to get out of it. It's not it's not easy to do, but it's not hard to do either. It's just common sense, right? It's not like, you know, you're you're giving up a lung or whatever. You're just becoming disciplined. So stop spending money, start, you know, uh, lowering your expenses, start paying down on debt and focus on, on paying down debt as much as you can, 
even selling things if you have to, whatever. The Dave Ramsey, go go do the Dave Ramsey, you know, way of doing that. And then, you know, get out of debt because when you are out of debt, you have so many more options available to you, especially if you go through one of these little hiccups in life where you're in between jobs. So I've talked about that a lot before, but I think that's very important, especially when you consider that our economy is not as strong as it uh, as it uh, has been. And we've seen some, you know, some uh, crazy days here recently, although right now the stock market would uh, it would seem like, you know, here we are. Things are, are perfect and and uh, everything is fine. But that's really not reality. The other day I went to the grocery store and I came out with, you know, three bags, three plastic bags. And I spent like 60 bucks. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? What What's going on here? And so I know that I know a lot of people are affected by that. But guys, think about how your preps can be used in different ways like that. And not only waiting for the big one or a personal tragedy, but it's a good thing if you can take out your preps, if it's not like the food and the water and stuff that you know, you're rotating out or whatever. But if you can you know, use them every once in a while, that would be good too. So if you had another way of heating or another way of cooling, you might want to try that every once in a while. Just make sure that everything is working correctly and you know, make sure that your flashlights are working and your battery stockpile is is up to par, you know. You, you it, it would be it would be terrible to have a battery stockpile and then realize that your kids have been going in there every so often grabbing your batteries and then when you really need them, they're not there. I absolutely hate that, right? And so that's one reason why I uh, I have a lot of rechargeable batteries and so the kids know where to go and recharge and they do all that kind of stuff but you know you you want to make sure you have what you need when you need it and that it's there. So guys, it might be a good idea as you plan your preparedness, not just plan for the big ones, right? The zombie apocalypse or, or whatever, but when you war game or you scenario through, you know, a preparedness event for you or a tragedy or whatever, why don't you think about your, you know, like losing your job? Think about maybe you don't you get sick and you have to go into the hospital for a month. What would that do to you, to your family, to your finances, right? If you lost your job, what would that do? How would you manage? How would you, you know, what what plans uh, that you have in place. So, you know, which ones would go into effect in something like that? What if for whatever reason, a big tree fell down and, uh, you know, knocked a big hole in your roof? How would you respond in a situation like that? You know, you have a big hole in your roof. You got to go make sure that, you know, you get some kind of tarp up there so water doesn't get in the house. Whosever home or whosever room that was uh, over where the tree is at, they're going to be displaced for a little bit. And so you can kind of scenario game or game, you know, those scenarios there a little bit. And so it actually falls in line with what we talked about yesterday is that way you don't freeze when it comes to a situation like that. Or what about something as simple as you have three people in your household that, you know, that need vehicles and you have two vehicles and one breaks down, what would you do? And so that's an easy one, right? That's not one that you have to, it's not easy in the fact that you have one car and three people, but it's, when I say easy, you're not really going through uh, the, the tragedy right then and there, right? You're not going through the stress of all of that. You can take the stress out and you can kind of war game. Okay, what would I do if 
we lost one of our vehicles. How would we go go about doing it? So I think anytime you do something like that, that helps to strengthen your ability to think and make decisions in, in your preparedness. And so, um, you know, you can carry that all the way through. So, uh, guys, I'm going to link to this article. It comes to us from survivalpedia.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes like always. And so you can come visit it. There's uh, links that you can definitely come and, and click on on this article. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 484. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.